Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Fill My Hole. My name is Phil Balabanos, and I hope wherever you are in the world, the sound of my voice finds you well in this, I mean, these uncharted, uncharted waters, is that what they are? I don't know. I mean, it's almost been a year since the first lockdowns in Canada. I mean, I'm not going to speak for the rest of the world. I'm speaking for here, for my experience. Um, a lot of things have happened. A lot of things have changed. And a lot of things haven't really changed all that much. I mean, government is still corrupt and inept for the most part when it comes to dealing with any kind of crisis and thinking ahead. I mean, more than two steps ahead. It really feels like we're always playing catch up here in Quebec. Uh, I think we were voted the worst Canadian province to to, to handle the pandemic. Uh, with Montreal being a hotspot, I guess. I mean, I don't really know what that actually means in terms of... I mean, it doesn't feel that... doesn't feel like I'm living in the zombie apocalypse, I'm not going to lie. Um, as a fan of the genre, it's a little disappointing. Um, more like lineups and weird rules and the government taking credit for things that it shouldn't, but then not taking responsibility for things that it should. I'll give you an example making bad decisions and then saying the science said otherwise when the science didn't clearly didn't say otherwise i used the example of the uh, the restaurants and then you have stuff like look cases are going down it's the curfew when really it's probably just the seasonality of this virus because after a year and a half of this i mean it looks like it has a seasonal peak right i'm not saying it's it doesn't change much about how dangerous or not dangerous it is it's just there's a season to it right um there are definitely less upper respiratory viruses going around and infecting people in the summer months. They tend to peak in January, February, based on the stats that I've seen. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but, you know, the government's saying, look, our curfew's working. Uh, I don't buy it. And then you have all these variant cases. And, I mean, who, who even knows what that's going to yield in the future? But, I mean, look, I don't want to talk about the virus itself, right? What I want to talk about is the last year, kind of. Uh, and the things the virus has changed in our day-to-day lives, specifically for me. Um, and what I so here's the here's the thing. I was wrestling with the idea of how to turn on a concept that I had, which probably would have made for an excellent vlog, into a podcast episode. The reason it doesn't really work as a podcast episode is because there's a large number of the people who experience this show in audio format only. So me taking a break from talking and shooting cool footage doesn't play well in an audio form only, right? You need to be able to see me. Sure, there's a bunch of people who watch these on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, I mean on IGTV, which is Instagram, but not everyone. So I would be excluding a portion of the, the viewers, the audience, from seeing what the hell is going on. It'd be very confusing if you were listening to this in audio form only. Um... But I didn't really want to make a vlog because I don't think I want to go back to that kind of format. It's not something that... I've spoken about this before. It's not something that I really got a lot of satisfaction from. It was fun to do, but I didn't have that same... Like when I put out a podcast, which as I've said many times, is basically me with no preparation, just kind of shooting the shit. There's, there's There's a deep satisfaction that comes from me just sitting down, doing whatever comes to mind and putting it out. I mean, the rest of my creative work is very structured and planned and takes time and weeks and months and sometimes years to come to fruition. These podcasts are like instant gratification. I sit down, I press record, I say whatever I have to say, and then I put it out. I mean, there's a little bit of editing that happens. It takes me like 20, 30 minutes to finish it up uh, because I don't do live to tape. Like I actually just record it and then 
put the intro and the outro and all that stuff after. But it doesn't take weeks and months and years. So it, it's nice to be able to know that even if I was busy all week, I can come in Sunday afternoon, record a podcast, and it'll be out by 8, which which is nice. The vlog required a lot more planning and, like I said, fun. Not so different from the client work I do. Um, in that clients, more or less, when they let me do B-roll style, you know, that vlog type of content, they, they more or less give me carte blanche to do. Like, they're not hiring me because my camera's good. They've seen my work. They know my style. They know what I want. Uh, to get from a production, like in, in general, I mean, they're not video professionals, but they understand, right? To the like, they understand what they like when they see something that they like. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so, like, they more or less let me do what I want. So it's not that not like I have that much. Uh, it's not like they're imposing some kind of weird structure on what I'm cutting and shooting. I mean, there's a bit of back and forth, but that, that only makes the work better most of the time. Um, so the vlogs, uh, I don't know. So, so here's the thing. I, a few people have asked me, it's taken, this is the longest cold intro, cold open ever. It, a few people have asked me about the studio, the studio where I'm in right now, uh, asking for, you know, a studio tour or photos and, and I've always had a hard time shooting my own stuff. Uh, what do I mean by that? The studio is fucking cool looking. I'm not going to lie. It looks great. I'm very proud of how it turned out. But to just sit and take photos of it to show people seems seems almost like a waste because you don't really get to experience it in a photo from one angle. Like this, this is a space that works on multiple levels from multiple angles, right? It was built to be lived in, worked in, and shot in. So it's one part office, one part soundstage to some extent, a set, if you will. And I mean this, what you see behind me, this is my set for Fill My Hole. It's my set for most of the interview stuff I do when, I, when I'm speaking to someone or when I'm doing a podcast. Um, there's a lot more going on than what you guys can see. I mean, so that, that, that's kind of, yeah, that, this is how I'm going to do this. I, I just, my brain, just the gear just clicked in and I figured it out. I'm going to kind of talk about how this office came to be uh, for those who don't know. I mean, some people know because it was like a live saga over on Pantelis's channel as it was happening but my section kind of always was reserved to me like he wasn't talking about what I was doing um and then maybe I'll shoot like a b-roll like to follow this up like so if you're interested in what I'm talking about and it seems cool you can go watch that the other thing that I think is interesting because of the nature of my work uh and how the pandemic changed people's work environment and zoom calls and all that kind of stuff even though you're not, maybe you're not a video professional and you don't make YouTube videos or like videos are not your thing at all. You're, I don't know, you're a manager of an accounting team. The thing is, and I only realized this very recently, and I'll get into why later. These are things that you now need to know also. The things that I'm gonna, that I had to implement into my studio. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, because this work from home and Zoom call video stuff has changed how everything happens. So, so let's just back up, I don't know, uh, 14 months. We're losing our old studio because the new landlords are... I mean, the best way to describe it was they were embarking on an odyssey of re, like construction and renovation that was going to last... I mean, it's still going on. I drove by the other day. It's still happening. So, I don't know if this is obvious to most people, but if you have any kind of recording needs, audio especially, you can't have a fucking jackhammer going off downstairs. You can't have drilling going on in the walls or hammering. It means it's just distracting. You can't do it. So 
we decide, Pantelis and I, that it's time to, to move. Uh, I, with my partner at the time, sell the business because it was a business. The studio was a separate thing and Pantelis was renting from me. He was one of the first people who came in, actually. I think he was the first person to sign. Uh, actually, no, he was the second. Ali, uh, Ali K from Studio K, he was the first one to come in and sign. And I've done an interview with him on this show. I think he's the third episode. You can check it out. Studio K. So we embark on this. I mean, fuck, it was crazy trying to find a space in the middle of the lull between waves of, of Corona. People were, I mean, there was not a lot of people looking for space. There was a lot of people looking to rent space. Like they had space available and they wanted to fill it. There was vacancies because a lot of people were going bankrupt. The weird thing though is a lot of the people who had spaces hadn't yet adjusted for the markets. So the prices weren't coming down because there was too much supply of spaces. They were still expensive. Um, and this space was the one we're in now is one of the first that we came across that was like very reasonably priced considering what was going on in the economy. And we felt that we could, you know, we could afford it and... I mean, it came with uh, with strings to some extent. Like the fact that it was a little less expensive meant that we didn't get access to other things. But to be completely honest, I mean, that's a get what you pay for situation. But I think no matter where we had gone, regardless of how much we paid, the a lot, not all, not all, but a lot of the issues we've had since then would probably still have come up. The only difference would have been that there would have been paying way more. So, I mean, you can... Like if you're in a big building, you need to expect that there's going to be some outside noise, right? I mean, this is, uh, I think there's seven floors. Uh, we're on the fourth. So there's seven floors on this building. There's a lot of people in here. There's a music studio right across the hall, which is completely isolated from the building. It's like air gapped, but they produce high quality, like studio, studio quality recordings for albums. It's a whole different game with a whole different revenue stream than what we have, right? We're not there. He's not an independent creator. He's bringing in people who are paying by the hour. It's a whole different thing. Um, so in the podcast studio that we have in that space, more money was spent to isolate it. And for the most part, it's good. I mean, between the physical isolation that we've done, I mean, like sound paneling and that kind of stuff and the digital stuff that we've done to process the audio. Even if someone's coughing outside our front door, excuse me, of the studio, you won't hear it. If you watch the morning show, you'll hear us complain often that there's noise going on. It's not that it's interrupting the stream. Like the stream is unbothered and everyone who watches live with us says we don't hear anything. The problem is that we hear it and we have an agreement with the landlord that during these times we're doing lives, like please don't drill outside our door. That's why we get so mad because... They say yes, no problem, and they do it anyways. It's not about the noise or... It's about the principle. You make an agreement with someone, you expect them to honor it, right? Um, so that that that's that's one thing. So that a lot of you have seen. Pantelis Studio, I mean, everyone sees it all the time because he does so many different types of shows in there. What? How can I transition? Okay, so the parts of the studio that have remained sort of... I mean, not really a secret, but off camera are, are some of the, for me anyways, the most interesting parts. One, it's the main studio. So right behind me, behind this door, uh, there's a, I mean, it's, it's 24 by 24 feet across, but it's in an L shape. So there's like a notch cut out into it because there's another office there that we built. And that's our main studio. Um, 
it's where we used to shoot this just thing before the lockdown and where we'll shoot other types of content where the two of us need to physically be together with Pantelis is where I shoot client work, which I haven't done a lot of recently in studio because of the virus. So just think about all this. We made all this investment, this, this big like leap of faith to some extent during one of the most uncertain times, not in our lives, but in the last hundred years. Um, sure. Okay. There's not a war going on. That's like a world war. Yes. But the, the virus is up there on the list of like, they're going to teach it. It's going to be its own chapter in history books for like my kids one day. So we make this leap of faith and now we have this massive rent that we need to float every month. And everything seems like we fucked up at the, at first, right? Cause when we first moved in, I mean, anyone who's followed my channels or Pantelis's knows that when we first moved in, we couldn't do shit in here. The sound, I mean, the way they built the space, cause it was part of the deal. They built it for us is terrible. I'm not going to lie. I mean, not all of it. Some of it's fine. Like they more or less followed our layout designs, except for the front studio. They, they made a mistake, but it, it still works. What they didn't do right was isolate between spaces, right? So for the front studio, that makes no difference because we spent so much money inside that you can't like right now, as I'm talking to you, Poseidon's doing a live with the door open. I can't hear him. It's fine. The real problem happens on this wall because Pantella sits right on the other side of that wall. And when we're both in here, we can't both podcast at the same time. So that's something that we've had to. So, I mean, I don't do lives as often and I can work with headphones on when I'm editing. So we've more or less figured that out. The real tricky part happens when we don't have the ability to change the schedule. Like if we have a guest on or I have a guest, he has a guest, or if I'm doing a meeting with a client, which again, because of coronavirus, I'm not getting a lot of clients coming into the studio, which is one of those things that kind of breaks my heart. Cause I love having clients in the space, especially, I mean, potential clients more than anything. Like when someone first comes in and they see the space, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people don't understand what it costs to make a video. So like if you're meeting them in a coffee shop, they're like, who's this guy I'm giving all this money to? They walk into a studio with your name etched in glass on the front door and like movie posters up from stuff you've done and awards and just a cool vibe. They understand that like you're not just a random guy with a camera, like this is your job, right? Um, so I mean, plus it's cool. I like showing off the space. Like actually for the first time since I finished moving in, my wife came. She just hasn't because she hasn't been able to. Um, and she was like, it's fucking nice in here. <laughs> and she, we like hung out for like an hour. Um, so that's kind of the vibe. It's like a hangout space workspace, right? So I'll get back to my main point now. When I built it, when I designed, cause I designed the whole studio, like Pantella said, figure out, this is what I need, figure it out. Uh, I initially fucked up on the design because I just didn't, I'm like, I'm not an interior designer. So I didn't fully understand the blueprints they gave me. There was part of it that looked like it was part of our space, but it was actually part of the common area in the hallway outside of our front door. So like all my numbers were off and I had to go back to the drawing board like 10 times. Uh, eventually I figured out the right proportions and like I built the, the initial layout, like I, the floor plan. When you first come in, you come into a lobby. I mean, it's a lobby. It has a, it's a waiting room with some cool chairs and artwork that uh, uh, La Force Paint made for us. A lot of that stuff, some posters that I bought, some artwork that Pantelis likes, this giant godlike poster of Pantelis, which I mean, <laughs> he loves, but the rest of us are like, okay, <laughs> it's really big. Uh, but it's funny, so it's amusing. 
And then you enter, basically, you have, you know, the rental studio on one side, you have Spiro's office on the other, who is rarely here. Spiro just needs like a, what do the French call it? A pied-à-terre, just like a small little office where he can work from, because he's always on the go. Um, and then you open up into that big 24 by 24 space. Now, that space is an echo chamber. We spent thousands of dollars, well, like, because we had to, we had no choice. Because of the poor insulation in the walls, another thing that it does is, because the walls are hollow, or more hollow than they should be, considering we had an agreement to have them isolate everything. When sound hits those, they act as an amplifier, like a hollow speaker, a box. A speaker is just a box, right? And they amplify the echo back. And because of the L shape, it scatters in all the wrong ways. And it creates this, I mean, I can't even fake the echo on mic. It creates something called phase cancellation and it just sounds terrible. You can't even talk to someone on a phone call sometimes. Not anymore, we fixed it. Uh, we installed uh, baffles all across the ceiling. I think there's uh, 25 of them out. No, not that many. There's there's 15 in the whole space or 17. So there's like four on the walls. And uh, I think there's another six by six, 12. There's like another 14 on the ceiling, right? It's The, the audio in there is dry as a bone. It's great. And that's where we're going to build the new set for the... I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about that yet. So I'll be quiet. That might be a secret. I don't know. Hmm. I've decided not to tell you figure it out <laughs> and then you enter into the so once you've gone through the studio this nice super super isolated studio i don't know why i stuttered there this nice studio with the dry sound that i just described you come to a wall and there's just basically two doors on it right and that's where i am so my studio is at the back there's a window in front of me me and pantelis both have windows um the cool thing is that when i designed this place I knew what a lot of people who started working from home don't know yet, or maybe I'll, they'll find out when I tell them. So this is something I've noticed, okay, before I get into this. This is something I've noticed. My wife started working because she was on mat leave for most of the pandemic. She started working from home two months ago. She's constantly on Zoom calls, right? Sorry, guys, I, I bit my lip and it's me crazy. Sorry. It's like, ouch. Anyways. Um... I mean, she speaks to maybe 15 or 16 different people per day. Some are coworkers, some are clients, some are directors. I don't know, different people. Some of them have built these little sets behind them. 90% of them are trash beyond trash. Like, I can't even describe to you how bad they are. Uh, I can think of a few that stand out. Like, just like terrible furniture that's way too big for the frame. Uh, weird things on the wall that don't make sense. Actually, one guy, one of, one of her coworkers, who, who I know also, he built a cool little set. You can tell he's like sequestered himself between his kids' chaos. And it looks good. Like he understood how depth works. And that's what's important. So that's why my desk is, I mean, I hate sitting with my back to a door. I just, I don't know why. But this is where my desk makes sense with the entire office behind me to create depth. Because I don't really, I want you to see everything, but I don't want you reading like the refrigerator that's right behind me, right? Right here. Spoiler alert, it says Frigidaire. Okay? So, you want depth because you want to create that kind of space. It creates a separation. I mean, I've talked about lighting at other shows. So I have a light here. I have a light here. I'm not expecting people at home who are working from home to install lights. But the thing is, a lot of people, because they don't like the space behind them, because they never, it wasn't set up for that, like for that purpose, uh, what you end up having is they use that blur filter on Skype and on Zoom and on Microsoft Teams. And it's terrible. It's, I mean, it's the worst thing. In, it literally is the worst thing in the world. It's, 
It needs to stop existing now. Then you have some people that try to do the green screen thing without the green screen. So they have their like sitting in the space station. I mean, I really don't understand why you would do that. I mean, if it was 1997 and no one had ever seen a green screen before in their lives, I guess it's kind of cool as a novelty once, but that's it, right? Um, so my space, I mean, uh, let's go through it one by one. I mean, my desk is right in front of me, right? I have my desk. I think I've shown it in another podcast. It's a walnut veneer countertop from Ikea with custom legs that I bought. It's sturdy. It's long. It allows me to have my monitor speakers on either side of me so that I can have the computer dead center. The only thing it doesn't allow for, which I kind of wanted was I wanted the ability to have the camera dead center in front of me so I could look at me this way. So I would be like this all the time. But I realized that the room, as cool as it looks, angled, it looks cooler. And that's why I chose to have it on this side. Aside from that, behind me, I mean, you can see some of it on the stream. I have two director's chairs, which I take out into the studio often when I do interviews. I have this media hutch, which I mean, it's, I think it's from like 1982. It was my, it's my parents. They just brought it to me recently. The top opens. So I keep like my everyday necessity, like my main camera, my main mic, uh, all the batteries just sit on top of this thing and it just flaps open uh, whenever I need to grab stuff. But like, there's no other gear here. Behind me, you have uh, like, it's a food station and coffee station. I mean, that's really all it is. I can zoom the frame out slightly so you can kind of see what it, what I'm talking about. Like, that's all it is. It's just, I got a microwave, I got a fridge. On top, you have my weird assortment of Funko Pops that for some reason I bought. I, and then I couldn't stop buying. Uh, I got a kettle, some coffee, toaster, like basic stuff. And I have storage underneath. There's also a couch right there and my uncle's guitar. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to learn how to play guitar at, at 34 and 35, whatever I am. Uh, we'll see if that turns out well. I'm really not sure. The cool space is that little enclave behind me, right? So one of the most important things for me that I didn't have at the old studio, uh, as much as I love the old studio, it was a great space. I didn't have a self-contained place for all my equipment. And I don't really want all my equipment in the frame all the time. Like that's not... That doesn't seem fun to me at all, to be completely honest. Let me just fix my frame again here. So what I did was the only way into my actual space, my office space, is to walk through what I guess is a closet. It's like a 12 by four and a half space, um, which is filled with shelving. I mean, uh, I'll show it in that video I'm talking about. I'm not going to take the camera back there now. It seems pointless. But it's basically you walk in through like a, like a, a vestibule of sorts, which is just like racks. I have ski racks on the wall. I mean, like, they're just racks that come out of the wall. They're four skis and snowboards. And I use that for all my tripods. I have these big shelving units from Ikea. I've put shelves. You can kind of see the bottom of one right above the door uh, for stuff that I don't use often. There's, like, a ladder in there so I can get up there. And then there's shelving all the way to the ceiling because I have a lot of crap. I mean, my wife's exact words when she walked in here the other day was, wow, you've assembled a lot of shit. Like, there's a lot of things here. And it's not just cameras and lenses. Like, I have all kinds of random stuff. I have a box back there. <laughs> I have a box of acrylic discs They're about this big. Why? Because I might need them one day. I used them once and I, I, I kept the box because I bought more than one. Uh, they're for food, uh, like food photography and videography. Like they are black reflective, like smoked glass. Uh, there's all kinds of random shit in there. Honestly, the amount of stuff, if I started going through there, I remember when I moved, I didn't know, I was like, did I, I didn't know I had this. I mean, just random, random stuff. But the thing is, I might need them one day or I do need them often, some of them. A lot of tripods. And, and in the main studio, I have like another 16 tripods, like C-stands, the big heavy ones, all kinds of stuff. My lights are out there. My lights are in there. Some lights are in here being used. 
I mean, and the ceiling, the ceiling is just really, really high. Uh, it's not a, it's like, I think it's 14 feet in here, which for audio is terrible. If you're trying to build a studio that doesn't require a lot of heavy video work, it's really going to be audio. I mean, don't get a high ceiling. Uh, Pantelis can attest to that because I talked him into the high ceiling because the high ceiling is useful because when I want to bring a tripod really high up to bring light downwards, I have the clearance. But for audio, it's terrible. I mean, the audio in here is okay because there's so much furniture around me. And I've chosen what's in the frame, right? Like, I mean, I forget stuff sometimes. Like I left baby Yoda there, Grogu on the chair, he fell over. There's like a candle on my coffee table. That coffee table actually is really cool. I mean, I, I've posted pictures of it on my Instagram if you want to check it out. Um, it's basically like a glass top with like a wood layer under so I can like lay stuff under there. It looks cool. It's like old cameras and knives and random shit. But that's kind of, this is this room. Oh, and I mean, I've spoken about these many times. My, my, my three festival run films that I made. Um, so that's the thing, right? It's a question of the frame should reflect the tone. And you know, something like this or when you're just doing Zoom calls, you are the tone. The tone is you. So it should reflect you. Um, I like black, matte black and metal. I mean, this mic is a good example of the type of stuff I like. <laughs> Uh, that refrigerator is one of my favorite things. It's just like retro. You can't really make it out. I think I can, maybe I can dodge the focus. Let's see. Nah, can't do it. It's this like vintage retro looking, kind of like those Smeg fridges, but it's a mini fridge. So like I keep waters and stuff in it and some food. Um, it's just like what's important to you, right? And the fact that we built this studio and, and we built it like this is my dream studio. If I like if, if I had a dream when I was starting out what a studio would look, this is it. This 100% is my studio. The only thing I would change, I wish I had a bigger couch because I bought this couch for my old studio, which was small. And like you can't see it now. You can kind of see it now, but it's so little compared to the space. It's just like it's deep, but it's just too small. Right. So that's really the only thing I would change in here. I mean, maybe put up some new art. I don't really have, the only space I have is right here where I can put up new art. I have art everywhere. Um, this is the dream studio. I mean, I've seen YouTubers who have millions of followers who don't have a studio as nice as mine. <laughs> and, and it's kind of hilarious. I mean, I'm not going to compare myself to like Peter McKinnon who has three floors and a, like a fire pole. Uh, but that guy is making all kinds of content all the time. And he has a big following, right? And I'm not trying to shit on the guy. Like, I genuinely like him. I like his work. Uh, he's a big kid. We're all just big kids having fun. That's what we've created man caves, right? So we can play. But what does that mean for people working from home? I mean, I don't expect everyone who has a video call with me to have a space like this behind me. Not even a little bit. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm trying to say is, how can I put this so it's not like a rude? <laughs> Try harder. I mean, just a little bit harder. I have this argument with my wife all the time. I'm like, why don't you just change your camera angle? Like you can just tilt your, I don't care. I really don't care. She says, I go, yeah, but it changes how people perceive you. And I mean, my wife has a pretty okay, like backdrop behind her. It's actually the one, I mean, if you haven't, I was invited to do Justice dads. And if you haven't seen it, you can go check it out. George's uh, other podcast. And she has behind her what I have behind me in that set, which is my, my guitar, a mirror and a, and a mid-century lounge chair. I mean, it's a nice chair. Uh, it's in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It's like that classic lounge, the Eames Ottoman lounger. I mean, it's a replica. I didn't buy the real one. I'm not crazy. 
but it looks cool and the, the mirror creates a reflection and like it was set up because I used to use it all the time when I was working from home. And now that that's become her workstation, she has that. But but then she just angles her, her camera the, the other way because she she uses the webcam and she needs to be able to work on it. So it's just like angled off. She's like, who cares? Like she doesn't understand. She doesn't understand. It's not that she doesn't understand. She doesn't understand it the way I understand it. She's like, people just want to hear what I'm saying. But I think people, I mean, we argue about this often. I think people care what they see when they're talking to you, considering this is their only connection. Some people, not everyone, but this is their only connection to the outside world during this time. I mean, I think people care. I've done a few interviews for like client work and just some podcast stuff that I've been interviewed to do where when I sign on and my camera turns on, they're like, whoa, where the hell are you? I said, I'm in my studio, you know? Um, so it, it's important to me to have this. Uh, maybe it's, maybe honestly, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that important and no one actually cares and it's just me. But I don't feel like that's true. I feel like people care more than they let on about what they're seeing on a webcam. It's not like it ruins the day for them, but I mean, having a clear image, being able to have a clear conversation with the person you're talking to is nice. Is everyone going to spend the money on the right equipment? No, no. I mean, some of this stuff I found, like I have a Blackmagic encoder and a bunch of expensive stuff here. But for my second setup at home, I have a bunch of cheaper stuff, which I use for like the morning show when I'm stuck at home. Uh, and they work just fine. I mean, the image is a bit contrastier, but whatever. And all that stuff is linked below this video, by the way, on YouTube. Uh, they are Amazon affiliate links. I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna fucking lie about it. Uh, so if you do like any of that stuff, I'd appreciate if you bought from the link. I mean, it doesn't cost you anything extra, uh, and it supports the, the channel. It like helps me out, which I appreciate, obviously. And um, the, the 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 encoder, which is the most important thing, because you can get away with AirPods. I even do it on the morning show sometimes when I don't have my second mic. That little encoder, it's literally this big. Okay, it's, it's the size of a USB stick. You just plug it into the other end. If you already have a camera that you're not using, it doesn't need to be the best camera. You just need to have it set up so you can have a proper shot. Um, and it, it's useful. It really is. And it's like $40, $45. It's really not expensive. Like my encoder is $400. The Atem Mini Pro that Pantelis uses is like, I don't know, thousands of dollars. So I'm not trying to sell you guys something crazy that you don't need. I'm selling you something that you can use, could need, probably need, which is very, very affordable. I mean, $40 to, to change the setup that drastically is, is pretty, pretty impressive. What has this episode been about so far? I have no idea. I mean, I'm talking about the studio and how awesome it is. There's all kinds of cool little things hidden throughout the space. And for me, the most important one is that vestibule. Like you walk in before you even enter to this office you're just surrounded by film equipment. It's like a, a film geek's dream. There's tripods and lights and there's stuff on the walls. And I even have like a painting my, my four-year-old made, which actually looks like, I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to play the my kid's better than everyone else's kid card. I'm not doing that at all. But she painted this and me and my wife were looking at it. We're like, why does this look like abstract art that like you would see in like a fancy bathroom? Like it's just like, it's very abstract. It's all mostly swirls and they're all dark colors because she mixed them wrong. Like she mixed the brown into everything. She never washed her paintbrush. So I framed it and I put it like it's right behind that frame uh, on the white wall on the inside. Again, I'll make that video and everyone can see it. So like you walk in and you're just surrounded by all this weird, crazy stuff, like cool things. And then you enter into a space, which I think is one of the best spaces I've ever been in. Uh, and the most, the most important thing in here, my chair. I mean, it's an Ikea chair. Um... But it's honest, it's really, it's one of the most comfortable chairs I've ever had. Because when I'm sitting here with you, 
I need this. The back is, it locks, right? So I can actually keep myself from leaning away from you guys. But when I'm sitting here for like six hours editing, I want the arm support, which I have. I want the ability to lift and lower this uh, backrest to give myself lumbar support. And I want the ability to be able to arch my back so that I can like not get all like, you know, I don't know what the word is in English. I just, my brain went to Greek and I got stuck. Sorry. I don't want to get tense from sitting too long and mess up my back, which I've already have over the years. Uh, I mean, think about the two things that I do primarily. I'm either sitting here editing hunched over like this, like a crazy person, uh, or I have like 40, 50 pounds of weight on my shoulder with a camera, or I'm holding it out in front of me using my lower back to like support the weight of like a heavy lens. None of those things are good for your back. I, I mean, I don't know if you thought they were, but they're not <laughs> at all. So like camera, people who operate cameras tend to have back problems. And if someone who operates a camera gives you a tip to keep yourself from having a bad back, take it, take the tip. It's a good tip probably. I mean, look, if they're walking over hunched over and they can barely move, they probably don't have a good tip. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's all I can really do in, in podcast form about the office. It's awesome. It's cool. It has all my cool stuff. This is where all my cool stuff lives. This is where I come and I feel it's just, it's just, this is my space, right? Uh, I wish everyone could have a space like this. And a lot of people do in their own homes, like, like a home office or just like a space where they can hang out and do whatever it is they want to do that isn't their primary job. I mean, for me, it's my job also, right? So like, it's like a multi uh, use space. But like when I come in here after, you know, chaos, like I'm, I mean, you know, work from home for my wife and both kids home because they're sick. And I've been trying to work from home and trying to get an edit done for a client and taking meetings. And it's just fucking noise and chaos all the time. I know the second I walk in here, especially on the weekends, if I'm alone, it's just quiet and it's great. And I'm not saying I don't want to be in that chaos. I want to be there, but sometimes you need to pull yourself out of that chaos just for a few minutes. And I get here and that, that first arrival, like I walk in this, I more or less always do the same thing. When I get here, I walk in, I turn on the, I turn on the vestibule light. I rarely turn on the light in here. I adjust the blinds depending on how bright it is outside. Cause I just, I hate, I hate the top light in here. I don't know why. Sometimes I just turn this on to give myself ambience. Um, I make a coffee. I sit on the couch and I just sit there for a few minutes. I drink my coffee. That's kind of always, even if it's not morning and I get getting here in like midday, like I did today. That's kind of just my thing. And then, then I do whatever I need to do. I'll, I'll probably head in and hunt for some piece of equipment that I haven't seen in nine months. Because <laughs> I'm like, where, where is that shock mount? Where did I do that? Where was the last time I saw it? Hmm. That'll take up 10 minutes. Then I get frustrated and I come out here and I realize it's been on my desk the whole time. But that's just me. Like I'm, that's why I'm so organized. That's why I love to have stuff in categories because I forget where shit is. And it's really the only way for me to function. Um... Maybe it's a byproduct of years of being anxious about things. Uh, but I think it just, it makes sense for me. It makes sense that everything should have a place. Sure. I mean, sometimes you walk into that room and it looks like those places exploded because I was looking for something or I was leaving on a shoot and I just left chaos. But at least by having that separation, which I'm so glad I did, I know that the chaos is contained back there. And in here, it's still nice and, you know, calm and... I can do whatever I need to do, work, chill, whatever. Um, the only thing that I uh, I, I kind of screwed up, I wanted to put a door behind me and have two doors. So you enter and there's two doors. It was going to serve as like a, 
a sound gap also for the for for audio purposes. But I kind of I didn't judge the side the size right. I thought I could put like a swing door there, but it looks like the wall doesn't have the support it needs to create the door. Someone suggested I put saloon doors, which makes absolutely no sense, and I'm not gonna do. Uh, even though it, you know, it might. I don't know. I wanted to put a barn door. I just the money for a nice barn door, like a glass one, like we have in the lobby, is fucking crazy. Like five hundred bucks, and where would I even slide it? On one side there's a black wall, and the other side there's a like a table there, like my bar or whatever you want to call it. So there's nowhere for it to go. I didn't build in a frame like for a proper door. So, I mean, it is what it is for now. It kind of looks cool. I always keep a second light. That's actually not the light from the space. I have like a, a like a, a video light in there with like a warm light just to create contrast because in here it's cooler. So you have me getting hit with warm light. You have the space, which is, I mean, more or less being lit by this tiny sliver that I left over here, which is being illuminated by cold daylight because daylight is kind of blue on camera. And then you have warm again, so it creates like layers. Again, it's everything in video, nine times out of ten, as far as composition goes for lighting and set design, is about depth. I mean, it's a big statement to make, and there's a lot more nuance to it than that. But depth is the most important thing if you want to make something cheap look a little bit more expensive. I mean, that's what I'm going to call it because I'm talking in circles, and I'm, I feel like I'm dipping into stuff I said a few weeks ago. I had planned on a guest. I'll say this. I love the title of this show, but its title makes it very difficult to get some people on the show. And they're like, what is the show? Oh, yeah? Okay. He's busy that week, you know? So I have a few people that I, I have reached out to and uh, have said no straight up. Like, they're I'm not coming on a show called Fill My Hole, thanks. And uh, you know what I say to them? I don't want you on the show. It's that simple. We don't want you. We're too good for you. The show and all its fans. Um, but there's a few other people who, I mean are very pertinent to what's going on in the world right now, who I'd love to talk to. One of those people was Chris, the, the doctor, Chris Caradzios. So he was four of the, number four of those four. Like I have three more. That, that was a weird way to explain that. I'm sorry. If you haven't seen that episode, I uh, I really, I highly suggest it. He gives some really interesting information about COVID. Um, obviously on my channel, balabanos.com. You can find everything you need to know about me. My name is Phil Balabanos. My Instagram handle is at pbalabanos. I mean, all of my social is more or less at P. Balabanos. Uh, YouTube, just write Balabanos. You'll find me. And if you're lazy to type things and you want to just click, go to my website. All the hyperlinks are on the, on the main. You arrive. It says welcome. And you have all those little links at the bottom. You can find anything you need. The podcast, my old vlogs, my client work, my contact information if you want to reach out to me for work. Um, do you need a video? If you need a video, hit me up. Let's see what we can make. Because now that the snow is melting, and I hope that was the last snowfall because we got a pretty nasty... It wasn't nasty. It was actually a very pretty snowfall had it come at the beginning of the season. But in at the end of February, I don't need to see... I mean, there were snowflakes the size of my coffee cup hitting the car. They were massive. It was really cool. Uh, and now it's all melting, which is great because that means we're going into spring and things will loosen up a bit and we can get out of the house and get some fucking sunlight because we desperately need it. I will be out there sunning myself like a lizard on the rock. So if you see me, say hi. And I'll see you on the next episode. Well, you'll see me. You know how it goes. This podcast is available on YouTube in its full video form. If you're lazy and you don't want to Google it and you don't want to search on YouTube, balabanos.com, hit the podcast section. You can subscribe directly to the RSS feed there. My name is Phil Balabanos, and I'll see you next time.